When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Friday edition, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in with Hale Varsity and Herd at Sports, Jacob Padilla at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Can watch uh, this segment also, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Jacob, good to spend time with you. Thanks for jumping on. How are you? I'm doing all right. Glad we could... Uh... Work it out this week. Yeah, well, thanks for your your patience and understanding, and it's good to good to, good to get connected. And we'll uh, start off with some Nebraska basketball. We'll get to Creighton. We'll get to some high school, and uh, you know Nebraska right now still in the thick of it. Fred talked today about meaningful basketball in February and then beyond. If, if you're uh, looking at the, uh, the the glass half full for Nebraska and their schedule. Where do you see Nebraska, I guess, taking that step? What area of their game, what part of the team are you thinking, okay, they can turn a corner and, and maybe finish strong here February to March? What are you encouraged by at this point in the year by the team? Well, I don't know if uh, I'd say encourage. I mean, I think the opportunity that, that lies out there is to win on the road. That's, uh, I mean, you look at kind of the remaining schedule and – they don't face a um, top top fifty Kempom team. Um, I mean, the the highest ranked team left on their schedule is Ohio State, and obviously they just fired their coach. So who knows what that uh, that game will look like once they get to that point? But um, they've got one, two, three chances here to win on a road against teams that uh, I think they've. Sh- I mean, against teams they've already beat at home. Mm-hmm. So teams that th- they should be better than. Um, so like, you got to kind of complete that part of the resume to, to feel good heading into Selection Sunday, to where uh, the selection committee can't look at that as a reason to keep them out. You just want to give them reasons. All right, look at the look at this win over Purdue, win over Wisconsin when they were playing well. Um, look at this overall win total. Uh, all, all this sort of things. You take away that, oh, that, that really outlier did not win a single Big Ten game uh, on the road. Um, I, I think the resume looks a lot better. So that's – they've shown that they can beat uh, a lot of teams on their schedule. I mean, any, any team on their schedule. Can, <laughs> yeah, they beat Purdue. It's just a matter of can they find a way to consistently play that way, to translate what they're doing at home to a certain degree on the road to where they can go beat a team they're better at. Uh, better than. It's Jacob Badillo with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, in a season where the AP top 10 is sub 500 on the road, do you think there's a, a little bit of grace that's given to Nebraska? We've seen this happen in the NCAA tournament over the course of the past couple of years where it really feels like there's just a whole bunch more parity in college basketball since the, the, the transfer portal really came into the, the forefront of the NCAA and college athletics. Do you think that in a season like this, the selection committee might look at that differently than if this was, say, three or four years ago whenever uh, it was seemingly easier to win on the road? 
And and that's why I think it's important to get just one or two. Like, again, that's still going to end up with a brutal road record, but it doesn't look so – it doesn't stand out as much as a big zero in that column to win one road game the entire season. Like, yes, a lot of – it's really hard to win on the road in college basketball uh, for even the best teams in the country. Um, just don't be extra bad at it than everybody else, <laughs> I think, is the key. Don't, like I said, don't give them a reason to keep you out. So um, you get at the end of the season here, all right, you go three and whatever on the road. Not great, but they, they did out go out and get a couple, get a few wins there. Uh, if if they, they drop these last three on the road against, again, teams that they have already beat at home, that they've shown they're better than, then um, you start to kind of look side-eye at the resume a little bit more. You finish the entire season with one road win. That stands out even beyond everybody else losing on the road. It's you, you lost on the road more than anybody else in the country almost that, that's in consideration for the field. Jacob, briefly here to, to flip it around, you've seen a lot of college basketball. What is it with Pinnacle Bank Arena this year? Because Purdue fell victim to it. Wisconsin fell victim to it. Even Caitlin Clark, arguably the best <laughs> women's basketball player we've ever seen, seemed to fall victim to the, the Pinnacle Bank Arena magic. What is it about Pinnacle Bank Arena that is so difficult to play at based on all the college basketball you've seen? Or is this just a, a one-off, one-year, magic, perfect yeah. storm? Uh, it, it's hard to answer because I haven't been there this year, really, um, for, for most of the season. Uh, when I was there, uh, they were doing a lot of losing, unfortunately. <laughs> so, we found it. Uh, we found the it. answer. There's the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it's, I mean, we, we know what the Nebraska fan base can be when, I mean, they're loyal to even when the team isn't having success. But when when things are going well, they really get into it. They, they provide a great home atmosphere fans really get after it heckling opponents um that's certainly part of it Uh, as for the kind of the psychological impact on nebraska i'm not really sure what it is why they do play so much better like out it's an outlier how much better they are on the home versus road compared to every other team where there is a big split um we've seen just they're capable of anything i guess except for being creighton (laughs) at home this season um but on the road, they just can't find a way to carry that magic forward. And I think the the the, the fan support that's certainly part of it. Um, but I don't know what the the reason for the complete like 180 for their performance is. But I think all of it plays together. Just the the team is better for one. Uh, I mean, and if we're talking about the men's side here, the team's better. Um, so the fans are showing up and supporting it uh, even more than th- they have previously. Um, and then you're having success, so it kind of snowballs and um, able to, to get some big wins here. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's been a heck of a season for the fans that have been uh, there at PBA uh, week in and week out. And let it be known, just for the record, whenever Jacob said they've been able to be everybody at home except for Creighton, he had a slight smirk on his face. Let's just have that on the record. Well, I mean, it is a true fact, unfortunately. <laughs> I have a two-parter for you here, Jacob. First of all, does margin and like margin of victory matter for Nebraska down a stretch here, first of all? And second of all, more of a broad college basketball question today, who is Jacob Padilla's number one overall seed in the tournament? Um, so margin does matter insofar as you want to improve that net as much as possible. Like they're they're kind of in that little in between area where it's not great, but they're it's not damaging either. Like if you can move that up, uh, 
um, to, you'd feel even more comfortable heading in there um, when you talk about at-large consideration there. And as we've seen, margin for error or margin for vi- uh, victory plays into the net rankings. And so um, from that standpoint, yeah, that would help a lot. Um, at, at this point on the road, you just got to go get a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily – I mean, you feel better about them blowing out team, uh, bad teams on the road, but let's, let's take baby steps. Start getting, uh, getting the wins there. Uh, just whatever it may take, and then really try to uh, win convincingly at home. Because, again, like the, the tournament selection is based on season as a whole. You look at the resume, but um, you do like to leave a good last impression, certainly. Mm-hmm. Put something in, into their minds when they're thinking about, okay, how good is this team? What have they accomplished? Adding a few kind of exclamation point wins at the end of the season uh, will only help. Uh, will help their metrics and help their perception. As for the second part, I think you have to go with UConn at this point. Just I agree. Because they're, we saw Purdue kind of trip up a couple of times now. Uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just Nebraska. So um, it, right now, I mean, it looked, Purdue and UConn kind of look like the clear best teams in the country. And I think UConn's been able to be more consistent th- than Purdue. They they were able to keep winning with with the injuries that they sustained to. Um, Donovan Klingon and Stefan Castle has been out, so they haven't. It's not like they've been healthy all season. They've missed some key pieces and just continue to roll. Uh, they've got kind of the most probably complete team in the country in terms of pieces, uh, impact pieces at, at every spot on the floor. So um, I'll, I'll go with UConn uh, as the. I mean, kind of been joking recently. It kind of seems like UConn might be the only good team uh, in the country because everybody <laughs> else, everybody gets up to that two three spot. They're taking a loss. Um, nobody can seem to sustain success outside of UConn at this point. Jacob, I want to ask you about Creighton and uh, Butler this weekend. Important, but what's what's the vibe right now with some of the smoke around Coach Mack and the Ohio State opening? What what do you believe? Uh, I mean, so anytime there's administration changes, like you, it's I think there's reason to like wonder. Okay, what's it look like? especially when the, the coach was so close with the previous mm-hmm. administration and changes at president, changes at, at AD over, over the last few years. And, um, and so it, it's, it's just, I think the athletic department is a different place than it was previously. That being said, he just did sign the extension a couple of years ago, whenever that was. Um, uh, and since then, they've continued to elevate the recruiting They've continued to – they made a deep tournament run last year, um, deepest the team's ever gone. So um, I, I think I think we're, we're seeing a coach's agent do his job uh, like he has every offseason. Ultimately, um, I think it's on Creighton and the administration to make sure that McDermott understands that he's valued here uh, and they, they take care of him. But uh, in the meantime, I mean, he's going to keep doing his job here and – if, if your coach isn't in some of these, uh, it, then it's probably not a, a great thing because, uh, for, uh, um, because it means that he's wanted, that he's mm-hmm. doing a really good job, uh, and people nationally are, are taking notice. So, um, yeah, I think there's – I don't think it's a complete nothing, um, but I, I think we're – I don't think we'll, we'll know if there, how much is until later down the road. Sure. I think right now it's all basketball and – They'll cycle back. That, that'll be between uh, Creighton and McDermott's agent and kind of figuring out, all right, um, what does this look like moving forward? 
Um, but yeah, he's doing a really good job. And I mean, any program in the country would be lucky to have him. Jacob, before we get you out of here, about 60 seconds, if you are Ohio State or I guess Michigan, they're probably going to be looking for another head coach this offseason too. Focusing on the Big Ten schools, where do you go? I have no idea. I mean, there, there's an extensive list of candidates that they've uh, I've seen thrown out there. I don't know that I have a favorite. It's kind of kind of weird. I, I just I don't know what happened there with that program. With Holtman was a really good coach, got off to a great start there, and then the last couple of years just stumbled. I know it's it's hard being the uh, kind of the basketball coach at a football program, especially now with the, we're kind of navigating the NIL world where. There's only a finite number of uh, amount of money, and a lot of it at a program like that is going to football. So what does that look like for basketball? So um, it, it's it's a Big Ten job. It's a great job. Um, they're going to be able to hire a good coach, probably a sitting head coach from somewhere. Um, but it's not necessary. I think it, it's definitely a much better football job than it is basketball, and there are some challenges with it. So I'll be curious to see kind of where they go and who who, who does show interest in the job. Jacob Adilla with Hale Varsity, Herd at Sports at Jacob Adilla underscore. Jacob, thanks for squeezing us in today. Appreciate you. Yep. Thanks, guys. There he is. Good to hear from Jacob. Uh, open phones till five on the way.